2: Hello and welcome to another edition of two cups of tea i'm chris heath and i've got the best job in podcasting because i get to stick the kettle on crack open the biscuits and listen to some amazing life stories from older legends today i've realised i've been making the podcast for six months so it seems like a perfect time to do the first best of show So, in today's show, you'll hear all kinds of stories, including hilarious tales of romantic Dachshunds, shy comedians, female impersonators, midnight horse theft, new dinner parties, accidental kitchen graffiti, dangerous deeds in New York City, dancing queens, dashing dads, true love at first sight, and heartbreak during wartime. Never let it be said the older generation is boring. The first person you're going to hear from is 95-year-old Jessie, talking about her astonishing experiences manning the anti-aircraft guns during the Second World War. Right, I'll stick the kettle on. You listen to the cheesy theme music. Let's do this.
3: I'm just about 19. And I went and there was a a recruiting office. And I walked in and I said, I want to join the ATS. And they said... Are you sure? I mean, it's a big thing to do, said this lady. And I said, no, I've thought about it before, and I would like to do that.
2: And so said, for people who don't know, what does ATS stand for? And what was the ATS?
3: It's the um, Auxiliary Territorial Service, not Anytime Sergeant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was that, the, that, was the, that was the naughty name for it, was
3: oh, it? Oh, there were worse than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was the army, and my dad was thrilled. God, he said, "I think you will get on great." He said, "Because you like, you're good with people." Mm. Said, so he's proud of you. Yeah. Oh. I was the person who won the war, didn't you know? where Jess is there and Jesse's been there and Jesse's doing this? And of course Oh you know,
2: mean that's what he was like when he was telling other people the stories. Yeah. Oh, but bless of course
3: him. I couldn't tell him things I would have liked to have told because there were things you didn't talk about.
2: Oh, but there's nothing lovelier than a proud dad, is there? Oh, so, what was it like when you first got there? I,
3: I took to it like a duck to water because oh. I was used to working with people, and I liked, and I'm not—I wasn't shy. I should have been, but I wasn't. I loved it. I really did. Mm. Even when it, when it was awful, I loved it because we were—you felt you were doing something back.
2: Did you used to have drill practice the same as
4: well? Every
3: day. We marked more than an hour's marching drill every day, absolutely every day, and we marched with the men and and stride out and straighten your backs and hold your bloody heads up, which you do. Mm.
2: (laughs) Oh, is that what the drill sergeants used to shout?
3: Well, I suppose I can tell you. They used to say, Open your legs, you've got nothing left to lose. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, I imagine you grow up pretty quick when you go you, when you, you go somewhere you,
3: you, you like that. You are treated you... exactly like the men. There were no concessions, none at all. Yeah, none at all. You look like a bunch of pregnant virgins. I never worked that one out.
2: <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't understand that one either. <laughs> no. that's, quite, that's quite that's quite hard to get. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no. But we learned to march, and years afterward, it four years after when we broke up, when the war ended, and we broke up, and went into another unit. The, the sergeant major came into into the NAFI. Mm. and we, and he was upset because he he was being posted as well, obviously. And he he said, "I'll will tell you this," he said, oh, "You girls have done me proud." You march, he said. You march. I was proud of the way you marched. I, know- I wouldn't tell you before. He said, but you march like the men. You can w- march the men off the off the parade ground, and my friend said, Well, I wish you'd told us you've been rotten to us for the last four years. <laughs> and he said, Well, he said, if I'd told you how good you were, you wouldn't have tried so hard, would you? Well, he's right, isn't he, I suppose? well, you say, we'll show him, we'll show him.
2: We'll show him. (laughs) him. Yeah,
3: I know. We could do those difficult manoeuvres like you see on on Parade in the Army. Mm. Oh, Yeah, we were treated, there were no concessions, none at all, yeah.
2: Katika, have you got a question for Jessie? She would like to know what you and the other girls did in the evenings.
3: Oh, there was always, well, you've got all your cleaning to do for the next day. Your boots, your your gaiters. The buttons.
2: So, but at some point, you you would have been you know you will have been posted properly. Did you get any time home?
3: A full month, and then you could decide what you wanted to do. After that, you could go to you could be a driver, you could be a I, I don't know, you could you could be a cook, you could be be a goodness and, oh, there's loads of jobs, telephonists, all kinds of things, and act and I thought. I'd like to do something like that. I'd like to, because I knew then that you could not, might get a few moves.
2: What was ACAC?
3: Anti aircraft. That's all. And, always, and then we went to Arbourfield near Reading, and we learned all the things ab- about um, anti aircraft, and, and we had to learn all everything to do with guns as yeah. we could possibly could. And then a month after that, we went onto the Norfolk coast. And we p- had practice with real guns, with real ammunition. And then we were posted to a proper g- gun site. Then we went to Hull, which, which was the worst bomb city I'd ever seen in Britain. In, in Britain.
5: Mm.
3: When we went to Hull, we took out straight over for, from the men. And one of them said, It's bloody all it is. You girls will never stick it here. We've been, well, you never get a night's sleep. You never get a day's rest. There's, there's, there's bombs and there's a machine guns, he says, and there's action all the time. Mm. You girls will last three weeks and you'll be asking for a posting. Well, we lasted a bit longer. We lasted 10 months. <laughs>
2: Well, it sounds like they underestimated you, didn't They've
3: they? They hadn't got a clue. They said, look, they're doing our jobs. And when we took over, we said, look, they're doing our jobs. <laughs> yeah.
2: This is 85-year-old Tommy talking about an old cigarette factory and a famous
6: comedian. I think that I chose a senior service... They used to be manufactured in Cheetah Mill in Manchester. That's where their factory was. Oh, is it? Yes, it used to be in and my sister was. So worked, right near Strange Right near Derby Street. Derby Street, yeah. Derby Street. Derby Street, Derby Street. Derby Street. Yeah. But it just oh I'll have senior soon. It's a taste of home. Yeah, yes, I think it probably <laughs> was. It might have been, I didn't realise until you I bet it is, I bet it there. is a taste of yeah, home. I mean it's it, a yeah. taste of a home. Yeah, and, and, and just about her interest, she worked alongside Vernon Manning. Because Bernard um, worked when he was a fourteen-year-old boy, he started work at, at senior service. Facility. Well, it was called Patriots but yeah. he was senior service. Yeah, Bernard started there. Does she have any stories about him? He said he was a very shy boy, very shy boy. That's interesting. Very shy, because he's the like, opposite, he became the opposite. Absolutely. The 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 shyness. Going back to my own, so I started work at fourteen. And of course at that age in i went into a big factory, you are the butt of a joke, particularly from the women. Working in the factory, oh. you know the, the young boy, because they know they, you're
2: inexperienced. Can yeah, make you they blush.
6: tease you. They tease you, and I think that's what was happening with Bernard. They teased him. Yeah, uh, and, and of course, I bet they, they have a
2: bet on if they can, who can make you blush the
6: most. Yeah, yes, whatever. that that sort of thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know, something a bit beyond that as well. But never mind that. <laughs> um, And I became quite friendly with Bernard over the years because he was a little bit older than me, uh, but. um. We just teamed up together. I used to, uh, I used to sing in the choir at church, and then when I started drinking, I used to sing in clubs and that sort of thing. Oh, you did know. you? Yeah, yeah. No, not not perfect, not so perfect. Well, do you, you, you party piece on the Saturday night? So everyone had their own song. I, oh, absolutely. So what, so what was yours? Bye bye, blackbird. In F. You know, oh, I always you've got say, to know because you've got to tell the pianist. Yeah, I always say that. I said, I never knew, I tell this story to people, I said, I never knew uh, Bye Bye Blackbird. the key was F. And I said, it was Bernard Manning that said to me, you know, Tommy, when you sing that song, you must see it in F. And I said, no, when Bernard said F, he means F, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like Bernard, yeah, I got on well with Bernard. When you go to the club, come on, Tommy, you better song, you know.
2: Next is Gloria talking about her dancing days
7: during the war.
8: I had been to a few church dances, very staid affairs, in bare halls, wooden seats, horrible. When you look back on them, horrible wartime, dingy places. Yeah. Anyway, we went to the Continental.
2: Was went, it as grand as it sounded?
8: It was gorgeous. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven because... It was chandelier, there were chandeliers, it was a great big hall, mirrors everywhere, all with gold around them. It was reminiscent now, I suppose, of the 20s. Yes. that's That sort of, well, it was a 20s place, probably.
4: Yeah.
8: And uh, not only that, it was full of men who had no partners, (laughs) no more flowers in those days at all.
5: Yeah.
8: And... uh, I, as soon as I took off my coat and went in there, I took it to the cloakroom. They gave me a ticket. Well, before, we'd sort of all hung them all up in a side place in these church halls. Oh, and in the dingy just, ones. But this gorgeous, bright glass chandeliers were absolutely gorgeous. So what kind of music was it, and what kind of dances were they? Oh, ballroom dancing. Because it was continental. In the in the smaller places, the, the dives more, yeah. you had... Lots of Americans and Canadians who jived and jitterbug. Yeah. But you weren't allowed to do that. you come up and your finger wagged at you if you, were, if you were trying to do anything more than waltz. Yeah. But I loved the waltz. And the, I loved them all. What were the local lads like
2: about the, the influx of American soldiers? Oh, they hated them. Did they?
8: Yeah. yeah. We didn't have very many... Of our own servicemen here, it seemed to me, although we were a garrison town, we had Citadel mm. with the army, they were all outnumbered. But there were so many other nationalities. There were, there were Poles, New Zealanders, Australia. Mm. Not the French, which I was pleased about. I didn't like getting on buses when French were there because it all smelled of a sort of a pomade thing with their hair.
2: Oh, that pomade kind of... Yeah.
8: Well, that night I went there with the, the boys from next door. Mm. There was this very young, shy American, and he kept trying to dance with me. But the thing was, when I went into that ballroom, you had... a and that's with every girl. Mm. As soon as the girl came in, they'd all rush up and say, can I have this dance for you, the first dance, can I have the second? were booked ahead like that. I just, Did you have an actual dance card? No, no, no. When we, You just I had could, to remember. I could have done. No, I didn't remember. They had to. <laughs> there were so many. They all look the same to me, dear, all in yeah. the uniform. And uh, at that time, you know, I was just astounded when I walked in. I was still overcome by all these lights. And... Uh, so you, you started to dance But it was taken for granted If someone came and tapped him on the shoulder mm. Excuse me Then you you moved on with that one So you didn't get around the dance floor With one partner perhaps, yeah. Possibly four before you did it Before you rounded it It was alright if you were just wanting to meet people uh, Very casually But if you wanted to have a talk I always wanted to have a talk mm. And uh, that was a bit frustrating really
2: and this is Brenda talking about her disappointing Daxant.
9: Blaze of Saint Ives. Well, that sounds like a proper male. Yeah, that he was expensive, black and tan, a be- miniature of beauty. But again, he was spoiled by the children and Lou. And um, but not by you. No, because I put him outside to do his business and I didn't clean up after him, you know, but he he was a lovely dog children loved him. Yeah. Well, someone from a nearby town heard that we had this pedigree blaze of St. Eyes that was highly sought after.
2: I see. And
9: they came to see us and said, would we allow our dog to mate with their bitch? Yeah. We said yes you couldn't have to pick of the litter. So they brought their dog over, beautiful brown um, female dachshund. Yeah. Well, Blaze took one look at that dog, that bitch, went up the stairs under the bed and didn't come out. <laughs> he didn't like the dog. If he was frightened of her. Yeah. So we, we didn't think there was much chance of... Of their mating, yeah. So I had a friend next door named Phyllis, and she was <clears throat> she was wonderful, yeah. <laughs> and she came over one day, and she got the broom and got this this dog dog from under my dog from under the bed, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the female. I mean, she was raring to go. It was just my <laughs> my dog. Your,
2: your wussy little dog. <laughs>
9: And in the hallway yeah. was my son's sports bag. Right. So she, we put this female in the sports oh, bag. Oh, didn't. And we put and we put Blaze in the bag behind her, and held the handles together. And anyway, and my, I couldn't do anything for laughing. And Phyllis said, "Come on, get on, Maddy." So Come there's just the two heads
2: sticking at one end.
9: No, they had... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and anyway, it did the trick. But when it was all over... Well, while this was going on, there yeah. was it was a knock on my front door.
2: Yeah, it was the, the police.
9: No, and I opened the door and it was a man come to read the meter. And he said... <laughs> he, he, <laughs> he, said <laughs> he laughed. <laughs> and he said... When, <laughs> <laughs> and no. Philly said no. Philly, <laughs> and my friend Phil, I loved her, she was lovely and she said, go on, get on with it read the meter, we've got something going on there <laughs> <And> he said <laughs> he said, I've seen some things when I've been going to houses well, never anything like this <laughs> and and, and, and <laughs> And and he left, and I, it was all over. I guess it did the trick, and Blaze yeah. got out and zoomed straight well, up the stairs uh, under the bed again.
2: Yeah, well, I was say, so, Brenda, if you locked me in a hold-all, oh, I, I would have done the same bloody thing.
9: I told Kim, and he said, I'm not going to use that bloody bag again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this is Joe, talking about his days as a female impersonator on the cabaret circuit in Manchester.
4: We started, I started doing an act in the clubs. You did? All round Manchester with another couple. Yeah. And we did a mime act. Well,
2: is this on the club circuit?
4: The club circuit yeah.
2: in all Manchester area. The greater oh,
4: wow. Manchester.
2: So there was you and who else in Me the Me Bill and May.
4: Yeah. May was a lady. Yeah. And Bill and I. And uh, we mined to... Uh, there were lots records in those days, right? And there's a few tapes and things of uh, people, famous people, you know. Yeah. And we impersonated them, and but we did. We were mining it.
2: So you had to learn. We had to learn to that, learn the whole speech yeah, of the, the different the whole people. Thing.
4: Yeah, when the song, mine it. We used to we used to practice in front of a huge mirror.
2: Oh, like the ones you get in dance studios. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
4: And we practice, and practice absolutely perfect. So we used to do uh, female impersonations.
2: Oh, you did? All yeah, just, all... I
4: did, yes. Well. I can show you a photograph. Is that illegal? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and uh, we used to do all the clubs and things. And uh, the act, we used to do a lot of quick changes. Yeah. You know, you you. you go on as two men and a woman. Yeah. And the next time you came on, there were three women. And the next time you came on, there were three men. So did the audience think that they had 15, 20 people backstage? Yes, they did. Because I remember in one club where uh, the dressing room was upstairs, up some stairs. Yeah. And when we'd finished, you know, everybody had gone home. Yeah. As we thought... And we were coming down to the dressing room, coming down the stairs with the case, you know, he costume. Yeah. There's this crowd of people. And they said, where are all the others? Where are they? There was three of us. <laughs> they thought there was loads of people. How brilliant. In the show, you know.
2: My next question is, you've got a very uh, elegant bone structure. Did you make a pretty lady? Oh, yes. Definitely. Were you? I
4: could show you a photograph.
2: That's <laughs> proof. I no. want to prove. Did you ever? Was there ever any mix-ups when anyone thought oh, oh, oh. when everyone thought you know that you were available? And also, I'll tell, a woman. You,
4: I'll tell you a wonderful story. Of we were in this club doing our act, and we used to do the Beverly Sisters. Oh yes, and I was the one in the middle, Joy Beverly. Makes blonde, sense, you know. And this particular night, my mother and father came to see us. We were doing this uh, Beverly Sisters thing. Mm. And uh, father went up to the bar, and there was a bloke there, and he was talking to him, and he said, I'll tell you what, she said, I wouldn't mind taking her home, the one in the middle. <laughs> he said that you'd have a bloody fit, mate. That's my eldest son. <laughs> and the bloke walked out of the club. <clears throat> He went. <laughs>
2: There's no coming back from that, though, is no. there? There's nothing you could do. He did the only thing you could do, and that's just leave. Yeah. That's that's the yeah. most dignified thing you could do at that I point. I
4: But um,
2: <laughs> I know. What kind of people did you... did you... Well, we used to do...
4: Uh, Bill and I used to do Bink Crosby and Judy Garland.
2: Who was Bill? Who was Judy? I Who's Bing? was Judy. <laughs> so you were Judy. With <laughs> the hat on yeah?
4: And, you know, the wig and everything. May used to do uh, Winifred Atwell on the piano. That was brilliant. Brilliant. He used to set the piano on the stage. Yeah. So that the audience couldn't see her hands.
2: Oh, got it. So you and she just... to
4: be playing, you know, the, yeah. the, what she used to play. And everybody thought she was playing the piano. She <laughs> wasn't <really. laughs> And she used to do a good Gracie Fields. She was great as Gracie Fields. Yeah. And... Uh, one, one particular night, her husband, David, used to work the, the machine, you know, the uh, the records and things.
2: Yeah.
4: And he had quite a few
2: during the night. <laughs> oh, so many good um, stories start that she
4: way. She goes on, and it was George Farmby sitting leaning <laughs> on a lamp... Did, did she, she carry don't, on really oh my <laughs> god it was marvelous. <laughs> yeah it was really funny that was
2: so did you and may ever argue about who was going to be which no, woman no no we i never did <laughs> um she was older than i was in fact
4: her son was in my class at school wow when i when i went to, when i was at school yeah she had two sons Oh, and her other son came to work in the engraving when I... But I was still working in the engraving, you know.
2: Oh, all the time you were in the, What was the name of the act, by the way? The Gay Deceivers. The Gay Deceivers? The Gay Deceivers. I
4: mean, we wouldn't get away with that, I don't think, nowadays. Well, I don't know, we might, but the
2: Gay Deceivers, yeah. That's um, what we were called. That sounds fantastic, though. What a yeah, brilliant fantastic. act. How did you all find each other?
4: Well, you see, like I said, I used to be in uh, pantos. Oh, right. In pantomimes. And Bill, uh, this was at the... I used to go to uh, a chapel and we used to have a a drama society and we used to put on a Christmas panto. And I used to play the dame in the panto.
2: Ah, so that's where it started. That's
4: where it started, (laughs) you see. And Bill... He used to go to the uh, parish church, and they used to put a panto on. He used to produce it. And sometimes he played the game in this in ponto. You know, that's how it was.
2: <laughs> so did you all have day jobs? What was Bill's and May's?
4: Bill worked for the... He, he, he'd been in the RAF, and uh, he worked for the, uh, for the RAF. They yeah did some kind of office work or something like that. And May was just a housewife. Yeah. With three kids, you
2: know. Um, and did did you ever get any, any stick at work? Oh, you know, about the fact you got dressed up as women no. and did the club no. stuff?
4: No. No I don't remember anyone anybody saying that. I
2: wonder if Bill got any at the RAF.
4: Oh, I don't know, he probably did.
2: Yeah.
4: I I remember it was a, we went to the r e f club, where he, he was a member of.
2: Yeah.
4: And we did um, a, a charity show there. It was a variety show with different acts. Yeah. There was a juggler on and also a stripper. Oh, hello. And the stripper shared the dressing room with us, which, I mean... All I,
2: girls together.
4: I, all girls together. <laughs> and there was I. I, I I didn't know about this really, you know. Yeah. She just came in and said, Oh, I have to share with you. And I said, All right. And there's a mirror and I'm doing the makeup. And yeah. I, can, I went through the mirror. And there she was, took a bra off yeah. and stuck two tassels on the end of her. She went... <laughs> <laughs>
2: and How And how old were you?
4: That'd be about 18. <laughs>
2: me. Well, that's. I tell you what, it sounds like an education. <laughs>
4: it was an
2: education.
4: Yeah. It was brilliant. <laughs> I
7: a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: His mooring on her days as an evacuee in rural Wales,
10: and we went to Edge Lane Station. There was a steam train. There was loads of children with their gas masks and everything, all excited to think we were going on this fantastic weekend. So off we go, and we get to Prestatyn.
5: Yeah,
10: I didn't know it was Prestatyn then to begin with, and. We'd go into this field where there's old tents. We hadn't been there a quarter of an hour. When we were standing by the gate, and there were two other little girls there, there was four of us, Audrey and I and Kathleen and Mary. Yeah. They were older than us, slightly older. And this car comes in and it had a figure on the front and it was a big black car. And the lady comes out of it, there was a man driving it, with a dark clothes on, and... This lady jumps out of the car and she had a flouncy dress on, like it's chiffon, I know today, with flowers on and a big hat. Yeah. And she said, "I'll have these four little girls." It was us standing because we were in that place, and it was these two and my sister and I, and we were taken. We were the first to be picked, just because of the position we were in. A
2: bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she
10: said, "I'll have these four little girls." Obviously,
2: you look the loveliest, is what I would say.
10: I don't know about that,
2: <laughs> but anyhow,
10: we got in the car. Yeah. And they... That makes they, it sound
2: like a car boot sale.
10: I know. It was ridiculous, yeah. really. They were just picking who they wanted. Uh, but we were the first. Now, my cousin who went was evacuated said he was the last and most people were the last. Oh, no-one wants but, to be the last, I know, but he, he said most people aren't, because I always said we were the first. I don't think you believe me, but it was absolutely true. Yeah. My sister would confirm. But her memory's not quite as good as mine, really. Yeah. She she was younger. Right, yes. So there's parts she doesn't re- that of course, I...
2: Of course, of course, yeah. But
10: I remember and she doesn't. And... Um, we were taken to this gorgeous house in Marine Drive in Pristat, yeah. huge house. I wondered what we'd come to, because we'd come from a terraced house in mm. Liverpool. And we go in, and we were in like a, a little sitting room, and there was a breakfast room. I mean, it was so big, and this big garden, and we went out in the garden. The next morning, that was Saturday, and then they said, we... oh can crayon in the other room. So we sat craning hmm. and this man who'd been driving the car came in and he had a striped waistcoat and another jacket over it. I think he was a driver or a butler. I don't think it was a husband. Wow. Didn't get a chance to really... So
2: he looked like staff.
10: He looked like a staff. Yeah. And he said, your breakfast is ready. We went in and we had this fantastic breakfast. Yeah. A real fry up and everything, toast. And then they took us out somewhere. I can't remember where we went, but they took us out somewhere in the car, bought us an ice cream. And then on the Sunday when we came down for breakfast, she was crying and she said...
2: This is the woman in the big flouncing chiffon dress. Yes, yes.
10: She was crying. She said, we've we've got something to tell you. We've got to leave our house. The war has started. So that was the third on the Sunday. So what did she say, that... She said she had to leave her house and go to the country. They were obviously quite wealthy. Right. The soldiers were having her house. Does that sound feasible?
2: Yes, they would have been billeted. Yes. Yeah.
10: The soldiers had to have her house. She yeah. said we had to, and we had to go. So the soldiers... Well,
2: a big house like that, I imagine, I mean, had lots of spare house, rooms.
10: And she probably had other properties, see. Yeah. And they were going to somewhere. So she had the, the option. couldn't take us out of that area, yeah. evidently. Well, I, w- I would think so. I would think we were come with the school we would have to stay in that area
2: right yeah that makes Prestatic. sense because you'd all go back on the same coach or whatever
10: well you we would have We We yeah. never got back for four years
2: four years you were there terrible so from what age to what age were you there you were
10: seven till eleven
2: that's such a big part of your it childhood was
10: yeah i think mm. we were deprived a lot really it we were deprived terrifically after the third move so
2: where so where after you went from
10: then the Posh
2: Lady yes, Where did you go next?
10: Then went to family in Carradock Road and Prestatim. Mm. And they had they were Michael and Murray, very friendly. Mm. He was he had the donkeys on the beach. Oh really? Yes. That must have and seemed was, like a dream. Well it did. But we never got washed, you see. We played with pies all day. <laughs> and we never got washed and we were as black as coal and what we'd come with. Mm. Disappeared, really, because it was put on their little girl. They had Mary and Michael as well. They called the children the same names as them. Right. And we all slept in one bed. And I wet the bed, obviously, and yeah. he wet the bed. So you can imagine the state was by two weeks. We'd mm. never been washed. And a little, as we moved, day after we moved, a lady came and we were playing in the garden.
5: Yeah.
10: It was just mud. It wasn't a garden, really. Right, yeah. It was just mud. And we were making mud pies. Right, And this lady came and she said, I'm writing to your mother, what shall I say? And I said, I want to go home. She said, well, you can't, the war started. I can remember, I'm sure she was a health visitor and I ended up a health visitor. Oh, really? Yeah, strange, really. She said, you can't, there's a war on. So off she goes. Well, she came I bet back. But you were
2: nicer when you were a health visitor than she was.
10: <laughs> yeah, she was very nice. <laughs> Anyhow, two weeks later she comes back. Yeah. Must have been suspicious of something. And we weren't badly treated, we were fed. Mm. But they got us up one night and my sister was a bit frightened because he was shooting peas. He was having his dinner across the table and her being that much younger she was a bit nervous about him and they took us to the mountains and i think up the hills up the mountains near guanesca a little village and i think they stole a horse i just had a feeling that there was something involved there
2: oh so it was a midnight flip to go yes. and steal a horse yes and then come i back. think
10: so. i think they did
2: can you remember what the homecoming was like when you when you came back for good
10: Oh, yes. My sister said to me, What will we call her? my mother? She didn't know what to call oh,
2: her. Oh, bless her
5: heart. Yeah, what will
10: we call her? And I said, oh, Mum? And she said, Oh, won't you call her M- Mrs. P, like we call Mrs. Pierce? Oh, <laughs> she just couldn't yeah. get there. But we didn't. I mean, the homecoming was nice because we, we, and my father always said, You came home like little mice, but you didn't last that long like that.
2: And this is John talking about some disastrous DIY.
1: About that time, um, after the war, my mother said, Let's. Uh, she said, I, I want the kitchen decorated, you see. So my dad said, well, you know, I suppose it looks as if it does. So he said, She said, Well, I'm going out shopping on Saturday, so you, you and John can decorate the kitchen. I said, Yes, so she said, I've cleaned it, I've, I've put all the things away, and I've covered them all up. So he said.
2: So you'll have been about 12, boy. I would have point. been about
1: 11 or 12. Yeah. And might be a bit younger, anyway. Mm. And he said, uh, i tell you what, son. He said, I've got a stirrup pump. And he said... So, a stirrup pump? Yeah. You put yeah. it in a bucket of water and you you pump like that. And yeah. out of the end came the, the water. So he yeah. right out. So <laughs> we got... My dad said, We went and got a big bucket of distemper, which is like paint, you know, yeah. paint. Anyway, so we, we, we kept it all up in the kitchen. And he said, now you pump, I'll hold the end. So, <laughs> So, so he started, I started pumping, <laughs> but instead of having it on spray, he had it on jet. Oh, he my Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and and he, he got it on just spray. And I've never heard my dad swear, but he said, pump, your pump. <laughs> I couldn't pump it, laughing. I was absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> up and there was distemper everywhere. Oh, my God. Not everything. And even, even the hole in the floor where the map used to go. was all yeah. um, My mum came back. She was she's living. She shut the door. <laughs> so so we didn't... So well, arguably, it did look different than before. It did look different. <laughs> so did everything else. Yeah.
2: And here's Jessie again, talking about the day she received some heartbreaking news. So... While all this was going on with you, and you were keeping Belgium safe, after keeping Hull safe and we Britain safe,
3: tried to.
2: Where was Jim posted?
3: Jim had been sent to. to uh, we wanted he wanted to get married so much before we went. To, before he went out, he knew he was going to the north to um, the Middle East. So he went to. He was sent to Tunisia. To mm. Four, four months. Mm. We were married for four months. Mm. And one day, I said, "You know, I've not, I've not heard from Jim for three weeks." Somebody said, "You're wanted in the battery office." I thought, "Oh God, what have I done?" I don't think I've done anything wrong. And there was a ma- that one of the officers with a letter in her hand, mm. and she said, "This just came from you to you from records," and it said. It is my painful duty to inform you of the death in action of your husband. Uh, on, on 25th of April, 19th, this year, yeah. last month. And I said, can't be. Mm. And I said, there was his name, his number, 1507435. I still remember it. Mm-hmm. I said, excuse me. I remember saying that. Excuse me. I said, I want to be on my own for a, a, about this. Mm. And I went and sat in the the, the old uh, what's the name again? The Naffy. I went and sat in the so called restroom, mm. and I looked at Naffy. Can't be true. I'm not, not, not. I'm not seeing this. And one of the officers came in and just with, with a with a cup of tea. And she, she said, "I'm terribly, terribly sorry, Winkworth. There's not a thing we can do, but here's a cup of tea." And you'll be hearing from, from the office.
5: Mm.
3: And um, they gave me a leave, uh, a, a ticket, and I just went back home. And I didn't cry for weeks. I didn't cry at all. It was just too bad. Mm. It was too bad. I couldn't couldn't take it in. My dad was lovely, but I mean, I never, I didn't upset, didn't want to upset him. So I said, "It's all right. I can cope with this. I've got to." Mm. And so I did. And I went back to it to work. Got back with it, and then uh, I thought, well, there's nothing I can do. So I carried on the same, just the same. And I still wear his engagement ring. I oh, had uh, yeah. that when I was 18. Oh, that's
2: it's beautiful too.
3: I wear that. I wear that my engagement ring all the time. Mm. Yeah.
2: This is Barry talking about his swinging days in 1960s Sydney.
7: And in fact, at that time, I shared a flat with two New Zealand girls who were, shall we say, rugby is not the, not the national sport of New Zealand. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I'm afraid I know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. No, I'm afraid I do. <laughs> rugby is not the national sport of New Zealand. And I live with these two lovely ladies. Uh, and they, were, they came along and invited a few friends. And there was a certain amount of nudity went on. Yeah, we gave Ray a good party. It was at a time in Sydney when the the first topless lady appeared at Bondi Beach. Horror, shock, horror, drama. And the next week there were 20 of them. And the next week there were 100. <laughs> and suddenly nudity in Sydney became, oh, for the blase, people had nude cocktail parties and nude dinner parties. And I was a bachelor for 10 years between marriages over this period. Yeah. I'll leave you to the rest of your imagination. Okay. Uh so all these ladies came along, and I so said, there was a certain amount of nudity no one minded. We didn't object, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and after a little while, I was doing this cooking, and in there walked this lady, and it was Christine. Yeah. We just looked at each other, and it was like two trains colliding. And that was it.
2: That's how it should be, isn't it?
7: That was it. She walked up to me, she stood up here and looked in my eyes, and said, hello, I'm Christine, who are you? I said, I'm Barry. How lovely to see you. She was a stunningly beautiful creature. She was, 20, she was fourteen years younger than I. Mm. I was approaching forty. She was twenty-six, twenty-five at that time. Mm. We were together a year before we married. She had auburn hair, long hair, and she was wearing a figure-hugging red dress, which I still have upstairs. It's the only item of her clothing that I can't get rid of. Yeah. Um, but that was it. We were together that night and forever afterwards.
2: And here's some more vintage Brenda talking about her late husband, Arturo.
9: I always said I had three children instead of two because he was like a third child. Oh, really? Yes. I used to buy toys for the children and he used to get upset if he couldn't play with them. (laughs) (laughs) He was an excellent father. Yeah. Excellent. He loved them dearly.
5: Yeah.
9: Nothing was too much trouble. He wanted them to study. He wanted them to take care of themselves and... And to keep their rooms clean. and
2: But it sounds like sometimes it could be a soft touch too. Is oh, that right? Oh, believe
9: me. You know, when we first went to America, mm. we stayed in New York for about four days while my husband went to pick up a car. Mm. He came back, and because it was so hot, mm. it was August, I needed some hats for the children and different things. And we went to a large, never in my life seen a store like it Mm. to buy some hats. And he said, I'll stay in the car, you go in and buy the hats. Mm. So I did. And when I came out, because I was in there some time, I bought sheets and, Mm. oh, it was heaven. I'd never seen
2: anything like that. And and you were uninterrupted as well. You could go and look at what you wanted.
9: That was my first experience in an American store. Mm. Anyway, I was in there some time. When I came out, the children had sweets, a book, different things, and I said, where did you get the money from to buy those things? And in such a straight face, he looked at me and said, would you believe I found $20 in the car park? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) what do you say? What do you say,
2: Brenda? <laughs> did you believe he found twenty dollars in the no, car? Of course, part? I didn't.
9: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he was good. I I miss him to this day.
2: Yeah, of course. I do.
9: Christmas has never been the same yeah. without
2: him. This is Michael talking about his favourite childhood toy. So you're now five or six, and you're you're now out school. I mean, did you did you have any favourite toys that were the things that you most remembered and you most liked playing with? I had a thing called Snoopy Sniffer, <laughs> and it was a mechanical. <laughs> it was a mechanical dog. Yes. That used to sort of go up and down yes. when you went after you wear it. It was a clockwork thing. It was metal, I imagine it would? It was a metal thing. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> I remember my... Um, Snoopy, I, Sniffer. Snoop, Snoopy Sniffer. Snoopy okay. Sniffer. I'm sure if I'm you sure Google it... Did it go on a track? I'm going to Google it now. Did it go on a track? No, no, it would just go on anywhere, anywhere. All right. Snoopy Sniffer. Yeah. That's it. There he is. Look at Snoopy <laughs> and the Sniff. tail used to go boing, because it was on a metal um, twangy thing. You know, yeah. So, and, and, it, and it used to just go up and down like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like a bride's nighty. Here's Dorothy telling me about her lovely dad.
10: On a Sunday night, my Aunt Lizzie had come up to look after me while my Uncle Charlie and my dad went out. Now, my father, when he was dressed up, he always had a hat on and a mac over his arm. Wow. Wherever he went. And he was six foot, you know, he was a big man. Yeah. And they'd go in a pub where they're not known. They'd walk him, him and my Uncle Charlie. Piano lid would go down. Then my dad would sadly his way up. I could just imagine him. Mm. And in half an hour my Uncle Charlie'd be at the tip up up there and my father'd be singing, Come to me while I tell you of
6: the Spaniard, the blighted and uh, and they'd be on freebie for the rest of the night.
2: And finally Felix on dangerous pursuits in New York. So when you were a kid, were you like you we know, did. Were you tough? Were I was
5: you? always. I was, uh, but I was very. I was very slender. Yeah. Very slender. Very slim, and I was exercising all the time. I used to love to swim. Mm.
2: Um, Where did you swim?
5: Um, we used to. We used to go swimming. Uh, I think it was a hundred and fifty fifth Street swimming baths called High Bridge. and um, we used to either hitch on the bus, get on top of the bus, or on the back of the bus or lorry and get there. Or we used to put our skates on and um, do the same thing, but just hang on to the bus. Or So you used to tow. You used to get towed by – did they know you were on the back of the – So so I'm I'm sure they've probably seen it. (laughs) And um, I we used to get – sometimes we felt brave, and it, it wasn't really a lot, a lot of traffic on Madison Avenue. We should to get behind a car and hang on to the bumper of the car, crouch down right, and go as far as we could yeah. on that particular vehicle and then just reach over and, and hang on to the other one. And switch cars in mid. The- oh we, we used to bet who can get to 125th Street the fastest. Wow. And I used to say, I hope my mother's friends or my mother doesn't see me. Can you,
2: I'm ima- what would you, can you imagine? That was if you were... stupid. That yeah, was yeah stupid. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
5: can say that now. Yeah,
2: that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, I can say
5: that now. You
2: see it. And there you go. As you'll have just heard, this podcast is about sharing some fantastic life stories. But there are well over a million chronically lonely people in the UK who have no one to share their stories with. If you'd like to know more about ways to change this, then please go online and visit campaigntoendloneliness.org and find out how together we can make loneliness a thing of the past. Thanks again to all the guests I've had on the show so far, and also thanks to Acast for hosting the show. We'll be back with a brand new interview in a fortnight's time. See you then.